0: How's it going, friends and family of the internet? Welcome to The Real AFTV Podcast, the show about fishing and random takes from the land of 10,000 lakes. I'm one of your hosts, Josh LeBah. On the other side, we got Tim Wagner. Tim, we are going to get into a topic I think that's a big one because... If you don't know, if you haven't read any of our literature online, I don't literally mean literature, but if you haven't read anything online about Real AF TV, we are learning ourselves and we like to learn, but we also like to teach. I think teaching is a thing that we're trying to do here and making it fun, making it easy going. Uh, So we're going to do Tackle Box Basics, man. How do you start Mm -hmm. a Tackle Box? Second half, we are going to talk about the cost of a hobby. Fishing is obviously in there, expensive hobbies, but also how does it affect you like personally? You know, like the cost of a hobby. Fishing is time consuming, you usually need a whole day.
1: How do you do it? Right. Yeah. And I don't want to scare anybody away. It, is, it can be an expensive hobby, but you don't have to spend a lot of money to go fishing. That's
0: right. And I bet you that when we talk about the tackle box basics, we're going to get into that kind of because when you do the basics and, and that's what we're going to try to stick to. Obviously, we can really get into the weeds as you feel needed because you're going to know more, of course. But when I had a tackle box and that's where I'll start when I when I was a kid and I had a tackle box, I had this little hard plastic, you'd flip open the the latches in the front, and it would fold back so there would be a bottom half and a top half, like literally in half. And then there there were just these racks you could put lures in. It was a tiny little box. I'll say like, oh, I don't know, six, seven inches tall. Uh, and it was probably same distance wide yeah but not quite a rectangle or but then it was longer you know maybe like a foot or 13 or 17 inches or something it's it's a very small little compact like hard plastic plano yep tackle box and that was like that was my basic starter yeah. tackle box
1: yeah i mean that's a good place to start to have a little tackle box. like that's all you really need you know if you if you're just a uh not an avid fisherman like uh what's like an occasional fisherman Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. you just every once in a while want to get out there like that's all you need you don't need any more than that like or even if you just wanted to have one tray i mean obviously you need to have your rod and reel and stuff but like Mm -hmm. there's the bigger tackle bags is what i have still made by plano because they know what they're doing um (laughs) but um the like it's a bag and then it holds a bunch of trays which are essentially smaller little tackle boxes that you separate out and then I have you know one for each style of fishing or whatever one for my top water baits and one for my crank baits and one for my jerk baits and one for my you know uh terminal tackle which uh mm-hmm. terminal tackle is your hooks and weights and all that good stuff so okay. you, all you need is a little guy. You don't need a big guy. Yeah. Like to get started. And, you know,
0: when I was writing down the topics, I put in like someone in their teens, late teens, early twenties or something like that. You know, someone who doesn't necessarily have, uh, someone who brought them up on fishing, but you know, they're getting friends or whatever that, that like to go fishing, you know, you meet them in school, meet them in college, whatever. And, I guess in a way I was like, well, that's kind of like narrow because also it's a good thing to bring up is like, you're, you're a fisherman. You have everything. Like you're, I would say more than your average fisherman. You have a lot of tackle and things as you kind of already went through. How would you start or how are you going to start your son Beckett? And is that does that apply in this sort of starter tackle box situation that we're talking about? Or because you're already so in deep that you're he's just kind of already got a head start?
1: Well, I mean, he's he's kinda got a head start because I'm I'm not stingy with my stuff. I don't care if people <laughs> use it. Like mm-hmm. he gets he gets to use anything that I have if he wants to. But he'll definitely have his own tackle box because that's part of the fun of it. You know? Like mm-hmm. to be able to collect Your things and put them in there and stuff and um and have ownership
0: of it right like having that sense of ownership especially when you're a younger kid is I think a big deal to have that responsibility put on you and feel responsible for it and feel that ownership there's something different there like it makes you feel different about it
1: oh yeah for sure like when you're open up your own tackle box to take out your lure to go fishing with it like And then you catch a fish, you're just like, yeah, that I did that on my stuff. (laughs) You know, I that wasn't dad's fancy lure, that was my shit. (laughs) But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even even today, like I'll go to a store and buy lures, not needing them at all. Just it's (laughs) it's just fun to buy new stuff. And and I always want stuff and I like stuff and I like to new use new stuff and you know. But mm-hmm. I don't need any of it. Like if I wanted to catch fish, <laughs> I could catch fish without having to use any the. you know mm-hmm. I no, I, I know I know I what have you're so saying. So much more than I need. Like I don't want to deter anybody from thinking that you need to have all this stuff. It's it it, it just depends on what level of fisherman you're trying to achieve. Like I have way more than your novice fisherman but I have Mm -hmm. far less than a professional. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. right. Right.
0: (laughs) Somewhere in the, in the middle. And I, you know, we'll get that. I think in the second half, as we get into like the cost of, of something like this, and there's, there is a cost involved. I mean, it's a hobby, right? Like, unless you live around people who are willing to hand you down a lot of, a lot of stuff for your start starter tackle box, which, um, we're trying to hand you down the knowledge of how to start a tackle box. Uh, We can't fund you, but uh, the, but you know, with the, you said there's these cloth bags like you have that Plano still makes, and then Mm. they make the plastic inserts that go inside. I saw you could get one of these things and sometimes they're backpacks even. Um, I think what you have is more like a duffel bag style, right? Where it's kind of like over the shoulder.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger than a duffel bag, even this—it's like (laughs) not something you would want to carry around every place. Okay, right, yeah. It's it's big, but it's kind of it's bigger than a duffel bag,
0: even, and it has the over shoulder because it's not a backpack. Like you couldn't strap that thing on and with like two shoulder it or two strapping, you
1: know? No, no, you're right.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know how much yours costs. You don't have to say that. That's not where I'm getting at. But I saw those can cost upwards of 120 dollars, but also, as low as 30, I mean, would you, for someone who's just getting into it, there, that's such a huge span for me from to my point of view. I'm like, holy crap, that's a huge gap in cost. So I, I assume this 121 must come with these plastic boxes inside it already or something. But like, would you recommend someone even going in at the 30 range?
1: I think a lot of them do come with the plastics already in them. Um, mm-hmm. even when they're at the lower price point but some oh, of those plastic some of those plastic inserts can differ too like plano your cheap planos um, like they're kind of entry level just clear uh, kind of like cloudy white clear plastic box mm-hmm. those things you know uh, seven eight bucks you get a whole tray mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. they have ones now that I forget what they're called, but they're like yellow. And they have these little mm. things that stick up. Uh, I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, but they, <laughs> they're they really good for organizing the tackle. and And they're super nice, but they're like $30 a tray. Oh. Yeah, so that's, you know, there's a difference in the tray too. But yeah, for sure, going in on a $30 one, I think too, like if you're just getting started and you – most likely don't have a boat maybe you have a kayak but even with a kayak like something like you were talking about that's an actual backpack so you can easily like park your vehicle or your like or your bike if you're riding Mm -hmm. a bike you slap on your backpack tackle box and you can ride easy like it makes it easier for you to access water too when you don't Mm -hmm. have means of you know Getting out on the water, if you mm-hmm. if you you know that's um, I technically don't have a boat right now, but I we use mm-hmm. my uh, parents and I I have a little tiny boat that I'll be using and stuff. But th- that makes more sense when you have a big tackle box, you know, like when you have mm-hmm. a boat and you can you can bring all your gear with, like if I was trying to bike any place, then Mm -hmm. I'd have no chance at bringing my tackle box.
0: (laughs) Right. Too much weight. It makes you, it's lopsided. Like it's just not something to like, this is the perfect example of like, Hey, you know, you're a kid in high school, just getting into high school, found some new friends, trying to get fishing, you know, you're going to take your bike down to the Creek or whatever. And it the backpack, dude. When you said that, when you said biking and backpack, I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. That's 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 the perfect example of why I wanted to do this topic. Is like I'd never even thought of stuff like that because yeah, you thinking about your the bigger tackle box now, the the bigger investment that you have is it's super heavy. It's, it, it's awkward to carry, right? Like you're only yeah. meant to carry that shorter distances and get it on a boat,
1: right? Pretty much. I mean, you you could yeah. you could carry it farther if you wanted to, but if you're just getting started, or even not just getting started, like a backpack to go from point A to point B makes a lot of sense because they make some mm-hmm. pretty decent size ones now too,
0: mm-hmm. where they're mm-hmm. like legitimate okay.
1: backpacks and you can hold a lot of tackle in those things. So nice, yeah, I would definitely suggest somebody starting out with like a backpack like that because even the even the little tackle box like you were talking about that you started with that's mm-hmm. still a handle like that's still taking up a hand a back right you have your hands free to carry your rod and right you know
0: take rod reel throw that on your bike still have two decent grips on it instead of trying to hold a rod and reel <laughs> and a tackle box and still work the hand brakes yeah exactly
1: <laughs> like we used to yeah, trying to bike <laughs> for down, real, trying to bike down to the river like holding everything. <laughs> and then if you try to go any place but a wide open space is like no go. I got to got to rod sideways and I'm holding it on the handlebars like, "Well, I need to definitely stop and push my bike cuz I'm not trying to ride through this forest, and break my rod right away."
0: Right. <laughs> And with, so we've talked a lot, I, I I shouldn't say a lot. So that's, I think, the basics of a tackle box. I Is there anything quick about the, like, these cloth bags with these plastic inserts versus the hard tackle box straight out of the gate? Like, do would, would you have any preference or advice on, like, why you'd go one way or other other than what we've already talked about? Because I, I feel like the soft bag has soft in the word. I don't know how else to put it, but there's these plastic inserts should be protected, hard box,
1: you know. Well, I I think it really comes down to just kind of preference and how serious you're going to get about it. Like the real downfall I see with the hard plastic ones is the amount of storage space that you have versus the size Like, even if you get a large one of those with the um, trays that kind of fold out, you know, you Mm -hmm. have like three of them that are, and they'll fold out like stairs. So you kind of have them tiered. I can hold so many more lures in my tackle bag that's about the same size as like one of the large ones that Mm -hmm. unfolds in the middle and has the two trays that fold out. So it's like stairs going up on both sides like Mm -hmm. it's it's just a numbers game really it's you don't have to worry about anything getting damaged like the bag itself all those tackle bags have uh i shouldn't say all of them but the majority of them have a hard bottom on it Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. not it's not like it's super duper flimsy and once you get those the uh inserts in there that stiffens Mm -hmm. it up too so right The inserts themselves are pretty sturdy, but that's what I would say is it's just a a storage thing. Like the Mm -hmm. tackle box that you were talking about, that small one, Mm -hmm. or we'll say even a little bit bigger. If you have a little bit bigger one that's about the same size, like comparable to a small backpack, that small plastic one will probably have like unfolds the tray and it has like two steps on it. Mhm-, and those mm-hmm. steps will be like I don't know seven eight spaces wide, yep, so say that you have like eight lures on the top, and like we'll we'll say that eight lures on the top and the bottom that's sixteen lures. well, I can mm-hmm. hold that in one tray, and I bet your backpack has two or three trays, ah uh, right, right, three inserts, mm-hmm. and then one of your inserts can be all your terminal tackle where. There's no real good sectioning in those or at least there wasn't mm-hmm. when I used to use them. I haven't looked into them for a lot of time. Right. But the no, I... terminal tackle on the bottom like you almost need to have its own like little Tupperware holder to keep it contained cuz it's just an open space in the bottom.
0: Mhm. Yeah, yeah. No, when I was looking at them for this, I saw that that there was still basically the bottom of those hard ones was just open. Um I don't know if you if that's like where scissors go, line, uh rapalas that you haven't taken yeah, out of the package, you know, stuff like right. that. All your bigger um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously loose hooks down there is just asking to get hurt. That's all
1: I can say about that is it seems so dangerous. Yeah, uh, loose hooks in a tackle box cannot go well. Uh, no. Even if they're hanging out the side, which you and me learned trying to fish the one day I I had a loose hook sticking out the side of the tackle box and I've never like legitimately hooked myself and I just somehow was trying to step down off of this ledge we were trying to fish this river and the hook from outside the bag like went through my leg Mm -hmm. and I had to have you come over and help because I was like mid step down and the hook went through and I'm just (laughs) it wasn't that bad but I was just kind of stuck there like uh, I can't go down and I can't go up and
0: (laughs) you you didn't see it from my angle it was bad your skin was stretched out because it was (laughs) legitimately hooked in there it was pulling it and the thing is it's like the shoulder strap of the bag had was on your shoulder and the Leg was up in the air, and so you only had the distance of the shoulder strap and the bag because you were attached to the bag now, and that's yeah, why you right. couldn't step down. It was it was crazy, and you were trying to step down, and so your the bag was pulling back, and your leg was going down, dude. It was horrible.
1: Uh, all, all I all I really remember about that, I mean, not like it was a traumatic experience, and I forgot about it. Like I really didn't think it was that bad. I don't know if there's not many nerve endings there or what but it didn't hurt too bad but uh like all I remember was you just like uh what do you want me to do and I just (laughs) go and like I'm not quite sure I don't know (laughs) what to do I'm just kind (laughs) of I'm just in limbo here I don't, right. I don't know where to go with this. <laughs> I'm just like, I, maybe like try to lift the bag or something. And I don't know.
0: <laughs> and mixed with the visual, I was just completely confused. Like I just didn't know what to do either. It was just like, what is happening? I can't wrap my head around this. <laughs> yeah. And the,
1: and the real problem I should state too is that the, the, it was like a mesh on the outside. So the hook right. was poking out through that. So I had it hooked into my leg, but the other side, like the actual head of the jig was on the inside of the mesh. So it's not like I could just like leave the hook hanging there. Like my, the bag was the whole bag was stuck to my leg.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because the hook had gone through the mesh and oh man, it was so crazy. So I don't want to think about that hook pulling your skin <laughs> away from your body anymore. Let's talk about what we, what to get inside the tackle box. Uh Cause I basically started with uh this is what I remember from my childhood uh, tackle box, right? And that's why I say this is what I started with. It was uh, a set of eagle claw, right? Eagle claw hooks, yeah. just little like crappie hooks, basically. They, you know, they were. They have the leader line on them. I think is what it's called,
1: and uh, then just a, a hook snale. at the
0: end. What is it called? A snell. Oh, okay. So yep, yep. yeah, it has an extra. It has fishing line already on it, and then you tie that fishing line to your actual. Line that's on your setup, Uh, sinkers, bobbers. Uh, I
1: swear that was it. (laughs) That's all you need. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're getting started and you want to um, live bait uh, rig a bobber, the sinkers, like the lead sinkers, um, Mm -hmm. I think Gremlin is the the main brand that everybody uses um like if you ever seen it you might not know No, um, I have. That's what I had for sure. It's the little
0: like a little gremlin holding the fish and yeah. Like usually black just a black outline logo.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's the that's the guy. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's too many other brands making that stuff. Cuz that's the only <laughs> one I think I ever bought. Right. But um yeah. Those sinkers um, weight doesn't really matter too much because uh, if you need more, then you add more. And, mm, mm-hmm. You know, so good point. Yeah, um, they're so the the sinkers and then the hooks, like you said, like Eagle Claw still makes awesome stuff, and they make really good mm-hmm. stuff now too. Like you have your entry level. Regular mm. Eagle Claw, but uh, Wright and McGill is the company that makes all that stuff. Oh, and, okay. And I have, like, really legit Wright and McGill stuff. Like, uh, Skeet Reese is a uh, Wright and McGill guy. He's got all his, like, professional bass uh, series stuff. And then Tony Roach is a walleye guy. He's got Wright and McGill. I have, mm. a, I have a Skeet Reese and a Tony Roach rod, but... Um, just your regular eagle claw hooks are perfectly fine. They're, they're um the kind of cook. I don't know if I just said cook there. I might have uh, the kind of <laughs> the the kind of cook that you need is a is a, a sous chef. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the The kind of hook that you need is um like a straight shank hook is probably what's popular. But like you were talking about the snelled ones work really well um, mm-hmm. because you have some of that clear line already and it gives you a little bit, I, I think those are a little bit um, higher test. So it gives you a little mm. bit more abrasion resistance. I don't know for oh. sure. I don't, I don't use snell hooks anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's um, been a little
0: while. I would say as someone who has been getting more into fishing and tying lines, or uh, tying hooks on directly, Um, that people are just handing me uh, and still having had these snell lines, right? Is that, that's how you
1: said it? Yep. Yeah. snell setups? Yep. I think they're called snelled hooks.
0: Snelled hooks. Yeah. And so when I'm putting one of those on and I have, you know, I've done both in in a fairly short amount of time here in in the past and they are definitely thicker. Um, I don't know what that does to the fish or for the fish or whatever, but they have to be higher tests. It just, it's never been the same thickness as the line that i'm actually running through the reel or off the rod or however you say that uh it, it's always been a like a more durable feeling line for
1: sure yeah i think it might be a little bit thicker um but yeah it's i don't know if those come with different tests or anything when i was a kid like mm-hmm. i just go ahead and grab a pack of those like i need some hooks and mm-hmm. that's what you grab that's what i was taught to use initially. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. oh excuse me. There's nothing wrong with them. That's what I use. Sure. uh Or that's what I used. Um, mm-hmm. And, and they worked. So, but the thing with the snelled line is it has the, the hook with the line pre-tied on it. And then, I don't know. I think they make different lengths, but like six, eight inches up, there's a loop. Mm-hmm. And to use that loop, the other thing you're going to need to have is a safety pin, style barrel swivel so you have the barrel swivel um mm-hmm. it it's a swivel it it'll spin around it'll it, re-
0: it spins yeah that, that's yeah that's exactly it spins around it has like free
1: yeah. movement basically right. yep and it'll reduce the line twists and everything so it's a good thing to have and uh the safety pin style um it's basically like what it sounds uh, the safety pin is a piece that you're able to like pop open and then you hook that loop over and you can close it. And that's a good thing to have when you're starting. Like if you're not real good at tying knots yet, or you want to try switching between stuff. Um, I think that using, uh, not using that, I should say um, mm-hmm. gives me a little bit better feel and, um sometimes better action, like sometimes some people think that they work a little bit better or whatever, but I personally don't like the look of it either. I just think it looks like a bunch of gaudy stuff coming out the front of my lure or whatever. okay but people yeah. definitely catch fish with it still there, like yeah, and it, for
0: a beginner, like you said there's like it's very easy to switch on and off because it's basically yes. like you a safety pin is seriously the best explanation I think one can give for it. You can switch things on and off it pretty, pretty damn fast if you're out there experimenting and again, beginner fishing or just getting into it,
1: right? Yeah, and the only thing that you would have trouble with is, um, you know, if you're going to switch between live bait fishing with that snelled hook and a lure, then you have to make sure that you have the there's I forget what they're called, but there's weights that are removable, like they have, mm. um, there's the ones that are just balls that you pinch mm-hmm. on. And then there's the ones that are, like, the balls that have, like, flanges on the back that you can, like, pinch those to reopen it once it's crimped on.
0: Yeah, okay. So if mm-hmm.
1: you get those, then you can open it back up and take your weights off. And then you'd also have to have, like, the old-school-style bobbers where they have, like, a hook on the top and the bottom. I would suggest going with a slip bobber, Um, mm-hmm. learning how to use one of those because those are so much more versatile Um, and I mean, basically like in short, a slip bobber gives you the opportunity to be able to make casts regardless of how long or like how deep you're setting your bobber. Mm -hmm. Where if you were to try to fish seven or eight feet down with one of those old school bobbers and you have seven or eight feet of line hanging off the end of your rod and you're trying to cast that whole big chunk. And it makes it way more likely that you're going to tangle up something while you're trying to cast. Right. So
0: yeah, 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 for sure. So I mean, for again, we're we're building the beginner tackle box, right? Our my, our first tackle box. You don't think the the old uh, white and red bobber with the with the where you have to run your line uh, along the side of it? You don't you don't recommend that out of the gate? You say Google slip bobber, go buy it. Get good at it.
1: I say Google slip bobber. Learn how to use one of those. But if you want to use that old school, still don't use that red and white bobber. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never liked those. I I used to, they would make these ones in a pack where they had, um, they were made out of like styrofoam, a little bit more dense styrofoam. And they'd be like colored like bright green or bright mm. yellow. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And they were
1: they were the same idea as that red one. How they went on with the clip
0: on the top and the clip on the bottom, and you yeah. kind of run it along yeah, it was, the side.
1: Yeah, it was like a plastic piece that went through that styrofoam, and I think those were easier to use. Uh, it had like a yellow tab on the top. I think those were easier to hook on, and some of them had a weight on the bottom of the bobber, so it made sure that your bobber stood up properly mm. too. Mm-hmm. So that that's the ones that I used before I learned how to use a slip bobber. Nice. Yeah, I think no, the, the red and white ones. If you need to, they're cheap. They'll they'll work, but a slip but bobber yeah. just ups your game. Even if you're a beginner, like a slip bobber just makes it so much better. Because, like I said, even from shore, if you want to cast someplace, your your cast placement can make a big difference. If mm-hmm. it, you might be able to. You might be using the exact thing the fish would be biting on that day or the the live bait, whatever you're using. It's exactly Mm -hmm. what the fish wants. But if you don't put the bait in front of the fish, he's not going to catch it. (laughs) You know, he's not going to eat it. If if he doesn't know it's there, you're not going to catch him. Right.
0: Yeah. So if you can't get down to their level or where the fish are or whatever, yeah, you're just not going to. I think, yeah, we've said that in the past for sure. It's like, you st- you, st- you got to find the fish. You're not just going to catch fish because you're out there. You still got to find them. Um, what What else goes with the slip bobber? Because I remember buying my first slip bobber set and you can just go buy a slip bobber. I mean, they're there. It's just a bobber, but there's like a few other things that you have to get to make a slip bobber work. Is that correct to say?
1: Yeah, um you have to have a bobber stop. And a bobber stop is uh just a string. It's it's like a they come with um it's like a spiral knot. Uh it's kind of hard to explain. There's two tag ends. There's a line that goes one way and a line that goes the other way. In the middle, there's like this spiral mm-hmm. knot and there's a plastic yeah. tube. So you just feed the line through that plastic tube and then you pull that plastic tube out and you pull those two tag ends tight and it puts that stop on your line wherever you want it. And that's what stops the bobber from going too far. Like wherever you want the depth, that's where you set it. So that's the most key part. Depending on the bobber you have, you might need to get some beads too. But a lot of times when you buy the bobber stops, they come with beads in the pack. Because the, the bobber stop... Um, sometimes can be too small, and it'll go through the slip bobber because the line just goes right through the slip bobber. Yeah, right through the center of the slip bobber. You just feed the line right through. So the bobber stop is that knot that goes above the slip bobber, so when the line goes through, that knot stops it at the top. But if the bobber, depending on the bobber that you have, if the bobber hole is too big... That stop will still go through, but if you put a bead mm-hmm. between that stop and the bobber, then that bead mm-hmm. is too big to go through the bobber, and 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 the hole in the bead is small enough that the stop will stop it. Oh, okay,
0: yeah. So that can they if you find the right set, the beads will be in with the knots already.
1: Yeah, most of them have. Most of them come with the stops and the beads. Yeah,
0: very good. I feel like we went over hooks just a little too quickly I want to jump back to that because we talked about your the pack of hooks and stuff like that but you said like hey that's fine that's good grab a pack of those if you know to, to get your first tackle box started if you're if you're out there you know helping someone get one get a get a tackle box going right now is there another kind of hook that you would say like hey toss these in there too
1: yes so first off If you're for, like, the live bait fishing, when you're doing the bobber fishing, there's, like, a straight shank, uh, like, the eagle claws. They have, on the point, there's a barb to, like, hold the fish, but on the Mm -hmm. straight shank, there's a couple of small barbs, too, to hold the bait, like, if you're using a worm. Oh. mm -hmm. Yeah, so that helps a lot when you're trying to fish with worms or whatnot. It's not Mm -hmm. important if you're using a minnow, but... um, those are very versatile hooks. Um sure. and that's what I would suggest. There's so many different hooks, but I'm not gonna get <laughs> into that. I'm just gonna say like right. we can just, make a whole nother episode
0: out of just hooks, I'm sure we oh can. Oh my so. gosh.
1: Go to, if you want to just get an idea of what it's like, go to like a, a sporting goods store and walk in the terminal tackle aisle and look at the hooks. It's just a whole giant wall of hooks. but don't let it intimidate you. There's so many that are so specific to what type of fishing you're doing. that, uh, Like you don't need all those hooks, but sometimes (laughs) you can hone it down to do exactly what you want. So um, Mm -hmm. the other hook I would say to get is a worm hook, because if you're talking like if you want to go fishing and trying to use some artificial baits and learn how to use other stuff, I would get a worm hook and a worm hook is made for artificial worms. Mm. And it's okay. uh, I mean there's different sizes and uh, the way that they're said is ought, uh like five aught, six aught, which is basically five slash zero uh, is a five aught. Oh, yep. mm-hmm. Four slash zero is four aught. You know, if you yep. ever hear anybody saying that stuff. But when you're talking about the smaller hooks, like the the, the live bait ones, those are just one singular number because they're small enough. You know, mm. those are size mm-hmm. fives, size sixes. And the higher the number, the smaller the hook. Mm. Yep. So like a size 12 is a very small hook. Uh, and that's but the opposite. Once you get into odds, it's like, a, oh, weird. Yeah. For the nerdy people of you out there it's like how uh um Virtua Fighter does their (laughs) their scoring you know there's the uh what was it before when you hit the Dons what was it it
0: was it was like an it was a 10th Don and then a 9th Don and you would work your way up to first Don right
1: no I I it was the other way first Don second Don like Okay. Be- before that, there was a I forget what it is now, but there was a scoring system before that. You would work oh, your yeah. way up to first. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was like Caillou or something.
0: Yep. First yeah, caillou. I can't remember
1: the words. That that then, sounds about right. And then once you hit first on, then it switched on you. And that's the same thing with the fish hooks. Like it's it's size six, five, four, three, two, one, and then you get to one aught, two out three out, four, five out and then mm-hmm. that's when you're getting mm-hmm. big. And 5 out 6 out those are big hooks. <laughs> but And they get bigger than that. I mean, we could ask Tony Young. I'm sure he's dealt with some monsters down in oh, Florida. right. Out there, in, oh, yeah, fishing in the ocean, probably. Yeah, I, they might even have numbers bigger than what I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah. probably we like don't
0: maybe come. the ot turns into a one even and you're just like holy shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> i just picture somebody uh, down in the bayou just like what size is that is that like a 13 you know, odd oh man they're not 13 all day. we just call that a big ad hook down here man <laughs> 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 uh well
0: i i what what is the what is that worm hook do? Like what is oh, it? Why is it specifically yes. a worm hook?
1: Okay, so the worm hook is you have the curve of where the hook is, but then it's kind of like a straight shank for a while. Um like say a one-ought worm hook is probably like an inch and a half long, maybe like an inch mm-hmm. and 3 quarters, but the way that the hook bends um basically Uh, I can't really explain how to put it in, but once you have the worm in, or once you have the hook in the worm, Mm -hmm. your line basically is at the front of the worm and the point of your hook is like that inch and a half back. Mm -hmm. So they don't, so they can eat the worm and they don't have to completely inhale it for you to be able to hook them. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. there's some of that hook in there. And yeah, it's just made to use a plastic worm. Like if you tried to use one of those other hooks to fish a worm, you could technically do it, you know, just mm-hmm. loop the hook on the front of the worm and fish it like that. But those hooks are made specifically to fish a worm. And if you're trying to get into artificial baits, um, a plastic worm is a all-time great like mm-hmm. that's a go-to for <laughs> if you ask any professional fisherman out there or any you know any angler that knows what they're doing when it comes to bass they have plastic worms because they catch bass for sure yeah yeah yeah
0: for sure yeah I've I've been seeing that too uh and before we wrap this up I de- I have to ask about line because you have to be ready. You've already said it. You got to have your equipment ready, right? You got to be, yep. you're, you're rod, your reel. We're not going into that, but you have to have them. So you got to be ready. You already got line on the reel. Do you keep line in the tackle box? Let's just say you're I, a beginner. You got one rod, one reel. You're going out. Is there a set in the box?
1: Yeah. So I keep a little bit, I keep line with me because I use stuff for like leader material as well. Depending on how fishing, um, when what does leader material mean? Um, so like, uh, uh, oh, there's (laughs) that's a very loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we don't have to get
0: into it here. We could get into it differently.
1: No, so so we can. I'll say like having line with you is never a bad idea because you Mm -hmm. might need it for something. Uh, say like you might have to. You know, you want to use that safety pin swivel, and mm-hmm. you run out of snelled hooks. Now you have line to make your own snell. You might not know mm. how to make your own snell, but if you have your phone with you, you got YouTube, and somebody's going to show right. you how to make that snell if you want to learn. Like mm-hmm. you, can, you can do it right there. But mm-hmm. I use it as leader material. Like uh, I have specifically stuff that is used for leader material. It's a little bit more expensive, but leader material is like. Um, for instance, when I'm fishing, um, certain things, I fish a lake that has a lot of Northern pike. They have teeth, they can bite through your line. The leader mm-hmm. material is a little bit more abrasive resistant, a little bit tougher. So I can use something else that goes from, I use a different kind of just a straight up barrel swivel. Doesn't have the safety pin on it, Um mm-hmm. but I'll go from my regular line to that barrel swivel. And then from the barrel swivel to the, uh leader material so I have that abrasiveness mm-hmm. um, for when they bite or whatever but mm-hmm. you can also go like you can use braided line and then go to fluorocarbon for the last little bit so that's mm. more um, so they can't see it because braided line is not invisible but fluorocarbon mm-hmm. is almost invisible so I always have extra chunks of line with me um, for a beginner you probably don't really need it if, if you're yeah. using a spinning reel, your odds of getting tangled to the point where you can't do anything with it are pretty low, but mm-hmm. to have a little bit more line with you is not a bad idea because if somehow you did screw it up or you have a rod and I should say rod, but you have a reel that's a little bit cheaper and mm-hmm. those don't always work perfect for some reason, like the line gets up underneath the spool itself and gets mm-hmm. tangled in the gears and you right. get it all fixed, but it screws up your line. Then you know you can cut that off and re-spool and and do it again. And sure, have to worry about your day or whatever. Um, <laughs> right, you can get back but, on the water.
0: Get back, get something in the in the water. I guess. Yep,
1: but I would say too, um, rod and reel can play an important part down the line. I know we're talking about just tackle boxes, but I would say. To start, get yourself a quality monofilament. I know that there's a lot of lines out there, and it can be, that's another daunting task. Like when you go and look, there's so many different, there's super Mm -hmm. lines and monofilaments Mm -hmm. and fluorocarbon and braid. To start, get yourself a quality monofilament because that can do everything. It it floats, so you can use a bobber, uh, you know, fluorocarbon sinks. You can use Mm -hmm. topwater baits with it because it floats. It's relatively clear, so you can catch fish without them seeing it. Um, Mm. I suggest to get that. Some people might say to start yourself with a braid, but the knot strength for certain knots is a little bit harder with braid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Braid Mm -hmm. is harder to cut with a scissors. Um, Okay. But uh, real quick, too, because I didn't really finish it up. I would say other things that you need to have in your tackle box. Doesn't matter what kind scissors a pliers is very handy. Mm-hmm. Um, a needle nose would probably get you a long ways cuz that you can use to crimp your weights, you can use to take the the hook out of the fish Hooks if out. you get a mm-hmm. if you get a fish, especially if you get a toothy critter. <laughs> uh, you definitely want to have something to get the hook out. If, yeah, If it's in its mouth a ways, you don't want to be sticking your finger in there because <laughs> walleye is not too bad, but the, the pike's teeth are like razor blades. They're, mm-hmm. Sure. They, they wobble and they just slash you. I've never had it happen to me before, but I've seen it happen to people. And that was yeah. enough for me to make sure I had a players.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. Cause that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, depending on, you know, your age and your ability, like have a knife or a clipper or something. Um, I always use a knife, but you make a really good point about the the pliers. Um, and it made me think like, do they still sell those all in one tools? We used to call them Leathermans back in the day. Yeah. I don't know what they call them anymore. Do they still do they still sell those and would that be something you'd recommend or do you need something? Because those are fairly short, right? We're talking even when you fold it out into the pliers, it is, I don't know, it's short. If you were to get you know, a pike to really suck something down, I don't know that that would do the job.
1: It would it would work for you. I mean, it depends on the size of the pike. The thing with the, mm-hmm. uh, I think technically they're called multi-tools, like Leatherman. There we go. Is, I, I think a Leatherman is a, is a is brand, brand, right? Yeah. I'm gonna have to beep that out. Okay, it doesn't matter. Everybody doesn't have <laughs> <kidding>. everything. Like <laughs> I uh, know. Like, how many people do you know that call it uh, facial tissue? Everybody calls them <laughs> Kleenexes. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, I prefer to have. Uh, I actually have um, forceps. They're long, skinny forceps, oh. and instead of pliers, like you're a fucking surgeon. I get it. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but they, they have like a Berkeley. Uh, I mean you can get a nice pair that's long and they have like the rubber coated handles and then the forceps is nice because when you close the handle it has like those teeth that'll hold mm-hmm. it shut when you close it so you can pinch it on the hook and then you can kind of like try to move the hook and and if it's not doing what you want to do or whatever, you didn't lose your spot, you just kind of let go of it and try to move your hands some you know mm-hmm. some hooks are yeah. easier to get out than others depending on where it goes or or if you have a, a bigger fish that swallows a for instance you have a jerk bait that has three treble hooks on it so each hook has three hooks on it so you have mm-hmm. or three barbs points or whatever you want to say but you have mm-hmm. three hooks that have three points you have nine and they all get in the mouth no oh, like, god Sometimes you, it takes a little bit. And it's helpful to have that forceps to just be like, "All right, well, I got this one out. I got to try to figure out the angle <laughs> to get this other guy out."
0: That's crazy. So yeah, that's that. That sounds like a pretty essential tool. Oh, but you know, if you got a pliers, you can do it. I want to say before we wrap this up is I've never had a great experience at a local, at, at a tackle shop, like a big store, a small store. I've never had a great experience where someone is like willing to sort of walk me through this. I hope that local tackle shops are doing that now. I want this to be your guide to go in there a little bit educated if you're listening to this and you want to get a tackle box going. Um, but I, I, if you're going to do it, you're going to get help at a local tackle shop. But if you go to Shields or Dick's or something like that, it's usually harder to find people in my experience. Uh, What about, have you, do you have, do you always just go to the big shop?
1: Well, you also know what
0: you're doing now, but yeah, (laughs) I mean,
1: I go to the big shops um, just because I like the selection. Like, don't get me wrong. The mom and pop shops are awesome. And when you're dealing with one in like a fishing town, where those people started it because they know what they're doing. That's a different story. Like I live in the Metro sure. and I got people that that are just selling this stuff because they are, it, it's their job. It's a market. Yeah. It's a I market. Would, There's a market yeah.
0: for it and they're just like, sell it.
1: Yeah. I would say, I would say like the ones that I met around here, it's more like, it's not a passion. It's, it's a profession mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. when you, when you go to those big time, like fishing cities, like those people started it because this is what they wanted to do. So right, right. Um, but when you go to like Shields or whatever, I, um, I, I, I talk to the people there, and um, they all uh are pretty knowledgeable, and they help me out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also, I know. What I'm talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm asking them questions, it's pretty specific and I think they're almost excited to talk to me, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't say excited. It's not like, oh, this guy, Um, I feel (laughs) like I know what you mean. Yeah, I feel like it's more like I say, hey, do you have this or ask them a specific question and they're Mm -hmm. just like, oh, yes, a, a knowledgeable question that I get to answer, like. I get to put right. like show this guy that I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, and, and it's yeah. just, it, I, I don't mean that to come off as rude or sound like a jerk to anybody else that doesn't know about fishing, but it's, it's kind of like, I feel like when, like when you ask me about the leader material, like when they get mm-hmm. some questions, they're just like, Oh my God, there's so much. <laughs> to that answer like i don't even know right. where to start with you but um yeah, yeah
0: actually I, I hope that this is a good you know if you're listening to this and you're you're just thinking about getting a attack box started i hope this is a good way to go in with a little knowledge right don't be afraid to ask those people because they're going to help you they're going to be able to show you uh what's out there they may be able to show you some new stuff or give you some pointers just like we have uh but i hope this helps just get you started, you know what i mean?
1: Yeah, and i want to say too um i know that we're about to get onto the other topics, so i'm not going to go into any detail cuz again, there are youtube videos that will help you learn how to use this stuff because there's so much to all of this. But mm-hmm. if you want to get a couple of lures, a lipless crankbait um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of options out there, like a rattle trap is an old school one. Um, but there's so many different kinds. Like if you said, if you went in and said, I'm looking for a lipless crankbait, something that can catch everything or whatever, you know, I don't, I don't know what you would tell them. Say, I'm looking for a lipless crankbait. Which one would you prefer or which one would you suggest? They're probably mm-hmm. going to say like, I just got this one in or whatever they'll probably tell you what their favorite one is. So mm. they're not they're not going to be scared to help you. Uh mm-hmm. Fleet Farm? <laughs> uh mm-hmm. I'm not trying to talk trash about Fleet Farm, but they seem to like not want to help you. That I think that it's so crazy <laughs> there and they're constantly getting questions all the time. They seem to be a little bit mm-hmm. bigger store. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if all of them are the same, but they seem to in my in my personal opinion, they seem to be less app to help you out with your questions because they're um like
0: i think they're more floor workers like they're just general floor workers i think right that, like a shields yes. you can actually go and they will put somebody who works the fishing area in the fishing area like that person's sort of specific to it for me it's like comparing walmart or target or something like that when you go to the electronics section in a walmart or target you expect to get an electronics employee but when you're anywhere else in the store you you're just like well this person probably works everywhere
1: right like yep. you know what i mean yeah and i think i think they they try to do that too like shields does but it's not as general just like you said right. it's, it's kind of in between those two worlds where you mm-hmm. have everything like I know once upon a time I worked there for a little while and I wanted to work in the fishing and I was put in the automotive section mm. so it's it's not like you get what you want to do you know mm-hmm. I probably knew sure. more than there are people working in the fishing department but I had to <laughs> sell car stuff which was fine right but anyways um so a lipless crankbait is mm-hmm. a perfect starting one because that's one you can just cast out and reel in and catch fish. But there's a lot more to it too, so
0: watch. you can grow with your skill set with it.
1: Yeah, so you can watch the you can watch the YouTube video and they'll show you because you can you can yo yo it back in. You can you can you know a, mm-hmm. a lipless crankbait can even be fished in the winter time through the ice. Like it's oh, a wow. very it's a very versatile lure. But a lipless crankbait, I would say, um, a, uh, soft plastic worm with your worm hook. You're going to have to buy, um, soft plastic from someplace, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever you want to go, like a zoom makes them a zoom. I think it's zoom is the trick worm. Uh, Mm, that one's old school. Like that one's been around forever. They work, um, otherwise literally anything there's so many different kind of worms out there but just the just a straight-tailed worm is a great starting point mm-hmm. and then um a inline spinner like a meps oh. only makes mm-hmm. inline mm-hmm. spinners and there's yep. all sorts of different kinds and there's different sizes and stuff those again are you cast them out you reel them in and there's little nuances like learning how to pause it and pump it and the like the retrieve speed and all that stuff but that's another one where you cast it out and you reel it in and those work so well on the river and another thing that works well on the river and it works well for catching walleyes and everything is get yourself some jig heads mm-hmm. um like a eighth ounce is probably good like that's pretty versatile where you can cast it out and reel it in and you can also use it as a jig but um i would say um just a white curly tail grub you can Mm. buy that's a soft plastic bait as well yeah i should i should explain i know it sounds kind of weird but um like mr twister makes them uh yum is one of my favorites the scent yep. seems to work well uh mm-hmm. otherwise um power bait makes those two but just a white curly tail grub you can take that out on the river cast it out and just reel it straight in not have to do anything and catch fish and you could also mm. take it out on you know a walleye like and go fish in 18 feet oh, of water nice. on the weed edge <laughs> and and catch fish with it like that's what i sure and
0: and like the plastic, the the um the straight-tailed worm you were talking about earlier, you need a worm hook for that. Is there anything for that grub that you need special, or is would that fit on one of these more generic hooks that we were talking about earlier?
1: The jig head, you got that one. You oh, use the jig head. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So the okay. jig head, the jig head, al- already has the the um hook built into it, and that one mm-hmm. you can go generic with. Um, here in Minnesota, I don't know what their what their range is as far as uh where they're sold northland tackle is a minnesota based company so mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the cheaper ones here but just a regular white jig head um some of them have red eyes some people like that mm-hmm. um you actually don't even need to have a color a silver jig head just a lead jig head no paint people mm-hmm. uh, some works, walleye, huh? some works fishermen swear by those. Like they oh, will yeah. not use a painted jig head. Wow! Unless they have to. I mean, if they're having a slow day or whatever, they <laughs> right. try to get you some color. pull out The
0: colors on the slow day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try to
1: try to get some pop. Try something different. But a lot of them love that uh, unpainted jig head. Just uh, nice. Yeah. Very so you nice. put the just a refresher, real quick. If you got a notepad and you are ready, uh, get your notepad ready, guys. Here we go. Jig head. With the curly tail grub. Uh inline spinner, like from MEPS is a is a great company. They make great ones. Panther Martin is another company that makes good ones. Um Blue Fox. Those are I mean, if you go and you look at inline spinners, I think those are like the only three companies. <laughs> but they all make good <laughs> stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um and then uh a lipless crank crank lipless crankbait. So whatever one you choose there. Yeah. Just go to your shop and and ask. Any, anybody that makes hard baits, uh, has a lipless crankbait. Rappa mm-hmm. uh, it's uh strike king. Everybody mm-hmm. makes their own version of a lipless crankbait. Nice. Very yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, I was wondering if this is gonna happen. We we're gonna hit an hour on this one just on this topic alone pretty much Which is good which is fine that's what we're here for We're really here about fishing That's what the whole channel is built on I know we said a lot Of like hey check out YouTube so hopefully Real AFTV will get some of these Videos out there soon too We're working on it guys I swear We really are yeah. uh, Let's let's uh, let's Put a wrap on the beginner The beginner tackle box here And we will move on to the Second half the random Take a cost of a hobby. Oh yeah. Let's take that break. Break time. Oh,
1: and listening to the Relay TV podcast.
0: All right, Tim. We are back from the break. Everybody else, if you made it this far, you got your hour in. Are you ready for a little while longer? I hope so. And we we don't really have a specific format. I know we try to stick to that hour, but hey, whatever. We get on rants and with fishing, when it happens, it happens. Try to tighten up the second half for everybody listening. I will. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Try to tighten it up, but still. It up. We, we could We could go over <laughs> half an hour. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Real AFTV podcast, fishing, and random takes from the land of 10,000 lakes. This is our random take, the cost of a hobby. We have expensive hobbies. Wouldn't yep. you say that's true?
1: <laughs> I would say that it's true because like I said, I didn't want to deter anybody and scare anybody away from fishing because you can fish for cheap. It doesn't have to cost a lot. Right. It can and I, get crazy expensive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and I, I think you did a good job there in the first half of like that beginner tackle box and staying in the beginner realm and, and, and not deterring people. I think you did. I really, because I know that you can get crazy into it. So let's just make that transition into this top, into this cost of a hobby topic with fishing by starting with the, uh, I don't want to say obsession because I think that has like a negative connotation to it, but it really is in a way, right. That obsession of always finding like The next best thing, or the newest, they're going and getting the newest thing because you think it's going to do more for you. Uh, That's definitely going to come into play when we start talking about the other hobbies too. But like that cost of always sort of just going and getting the next thing and buying the next thing, or always wanting to get the next thing, is like you just find yourself at the store all the time. I guess isn't that's the way? Only way I can put it is you just find yourself buying shit all the time.
1: Right? I mean, yeah, it's. Like, I'm a pretty avid angler, so there's so many different types of fishing. And and this is for any hobby, but, mm-hmm. like, there's so many different types of fishing, and I want to be able to do, it. And like, I'm to the point where the way I fish, I want to be able to do exactly what I want to be able to do. Like, I want my rod to perform perfectly with this type of bait. I want Mm -hmm. the hook to be just so. I want the bait to be just so. I want everything to be just so. And in (laughs) order to have that kind of perfection, like you're looking at a different rod and reel setup for most things. And that's Mm -hmm. where, like, depending on the amount of money that you have, it can get crazy expensive, like, if you want it to. I mean, Mm -hmm. take, for example, a professional fisherman. Like, a lot of these guys have... I don't remember exactly what you're allowed to have, but they have like 20 rod and reel setups with them. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching the Bassmaster a decent amount lately, FLW, and when you look at their, because they're always at the front of the boat running their trolling motor, and when you look to the right and left of them, there's, I would say, minimum five on either side. Yeah. It's crazy. And I could be wrong because I don't know the exact rules and everything, but that's what it seems like. They'll just, they'll be reeling one for a while. They'll drop it. They'll reach down. They'll grab another. And it's, it's that quick. Like they just have these changes on hand and I can't imagine how much money's wrapped up in just what's sitting on the left and right side of them, let alone the boat, the trolling motor, the anchors or power poles or whatever they're using, you know, like it gets crazy.
1: Yeah, and I think it's actually more than what you said. I think they have like eight or nine on each side of them, maybe, <laughs> maybe ten. It's a lot. Yeah, and It's a lot. Yeah, and it, and it, each one has its own specific use. And with tournament fishing, all those guys have each one rigged up. So instead of having to like switch between this bait and that bait, it's just, bam, switch yeah. to this one. I think this will work. Or I saw a fish, he didn't hit it. I'm going to go for my reaction bait and see if he hits this
0: mm, and all that mm-hmm. stuff.
1: But uh, as far as hobbies go, like just for an example, like when you're getting into the super high end stuff, mm-hmm. um, like Daiwa makes great stuff on the entry level. You can go and get a nice reel for, I want to say like probably their cheapest is around like $15, $20. I have uh, a, I shouldn't say I have, but my, Nephew mm-hmm. has a Daiwa combination like rod and reel that was like oh okay 35, 40 bucks so it's the rod and reel and his works fine you know he's mm-hmm. he's a little guy and he's jigged with it and caught fish and stuff but a Daiwa stees okay just the reel for a Daiwa stees is five hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Now, would you even consider that in the hobby range
0: then? No. Is it, or is
1: it? Yeah, I wouldn't. Not unless because... you're loaded. I mean, like, <laughs> it, if you're rich and you can afford to just throw money around at a hobby, like, it doesn't make that big, it's not a big deal to right. you, then yeah, for sure. Like, why not <laughs> right. go with the best? But because I'm a huge believer of, like, you get what you pay for. But the these is, like, you're talking about, like, different metals and and everything to like make it a mm-hmm. little bit lighter and a little bit more durable. And like, it's just that competitive advantage. Like mm-hmm. there's, right. I mean, I'm sure I've never fished with one, but I'm sure like there's a big difference between that one and like the $150 Daiwa reel I have. But mine is right. like so nice compared to like, especially when you're talking about baitcasters. casters, when you're talking about baitcasters. casters, Like, the low-end stuff to, like, a $100 reel is a big difference. So, But, like, a $60 Mm -hmm. baitcaster, I have a Fluger Eklon, which was one of my first baitcasters. Well, I should say, too, like, have some patience if you start with a baitcaster. That was, I think, the the Eklon was technically my third baitcaster because before I knew anything, before YouTube was a thing, I tried using... Uh, the bait casters like they were like cheaper lower end ones Mm -hmm. and i didn't know how to dial them in and stuff and you you get a couple of backlashes or rat's nest uh, however you want to say it where the Mm -hmm. line spools Mm -hmm. up and uh your day is over you (laughs) and and you don't know how to do it you're just like these things are stupid i'm never using one of these again (laughs) and you get a little bit older and a little bit wiser and, and you you educate yourself on how to learn them uh, like even when I got that Fluger, I mm-hmm. still never learned from anybody. I just watched like Bassmasters and stuff and I'm like, they're still mm-hmm. using them. I'm like, there's got to be a reason mm-hmm. I'm going to figure this thing out. And then right, I did right. and, and it, they're awesome once you learn how to use them. But yeah, hell yeah. I bet they are.
0: So and so, yeah, I mean, to, to tie it into. My hobbies, when you're talking about $500 and stuff like that, I, I, I snowboard. I still snowboard. I'm not as crazy as I was at uh, one time uh, younger in my life when it was easier to do. <laughs> hey, kids, don't get old. That's my life advice, <laughs> yeah, too. Just don't get old. <laughs> um, but it's it's not uncommon to spend $500 on a snowboard. That's just like simple. It It, it is a thing. Now, do you need to do that? No. Have I done that? Maybe,
1: maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but the way.
0: point is, the. I mean, yeah, I, I have. I have. Uh, they, you know, usually last a few years. Um, you're not trying to buy that many setups. Uh, I have two setups. You know, there's you can go anywhere from you can buy cheap boards. But like same thing as you, you got like your $150 board and that's sort of what you would call a cheap board. Uh, things may have changed cause I haven't been like really into the game buying new gear, uh, you know, in the last five years or whatever, but you got your $500, you know, mountain board and you got your $150 one that you beat up on here in the ice of Minnesota. Right. And, but then you got to put bindings on that. Right. There goes another 150 to 300 and some dollars, uh, you know, whatever you want. And it is definitely something. So here's, here's kids where it's a good thing to get old is you definitely get what you pay for. And no matter how much we're going to, you know, we're not here to disappoint people (laughs) and get into our own finances of like how expensive hobbies can be. This is just a, a general speaking of it, but it's, hundred percent something you learn is you get what you pay for. There's a reason why this stuff ends up costing more money. Right. There's a certain point with me in electronics uh, being a hobby as well as my profession, but you, you get to a certain point where there is just this ridiculous amount of money that you can spend and it doesn't necessarily improve the product that is you can only learn with experimentation and and just being passionate about your hobby. It's like, why do you have to buy the chrome-plated Lamborghini when right. the Porsche does just fine? Like, you can keep up, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like, you, you buy quality, and it's going to get you through. It's going to work really well. Like, you're still going to have a blast doing it. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you really want to and you have the funds to do it, that Lambo is pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. And the good thing, and the other thing is, is like, uh, I, I'm going to go with the $150 range just because you have a perfectly good reel at $150 and it's probably going to last you a long time. Oh, it's a, uh, it's I, a nice reel. $150 is no yeah. slouch no no i'm sorry i did not mean to make it sound like oh, that no, and um, i'm not
1: i'm not <laughs> trying to i'm not trying to just be like hey don't talk shit about my stuff i'm trying to tell people like don't <laughs> okay, expect right. to have to spend $500 like $150 is a very nice reel and the and a lot of the mm-hmm. pros are probably right. not fishing with the Daiwa Steez you know, like those, <laughs> right, right, right. The people fishing with a Daiwa stees either are loaded or they're sponsored by Daiwa because who the hell is <laughs> having 20 rod and reel setups on your boat and each rod is $500. I mean, that's right, $10,000 right. in reels, just the reels. If oh you Oh my God, that's such 20, a good point. Yeah. And, and then you you have to buy the rods too. The Daiwa mm-hmm. Steez rods are the same price. Right. So that's literally a $1000 a rod and reel setup and then you have yeah. to put line on those as well and then you mm-hmm. also have to fish with a lure and each one of those can be like 10 to $20 depending on the the brand you're <laughs> going with or they can be right. $7 or $8, you know, and <laughs> and the line as well like if you're using like uh, a, a quality monofilament, that's why I said beginners start with a mono because it's cheap too. Mm-hmm, like you can mm-hmm. get a decent monofilament, like 300 yards of it for like six, seven bucks, maybe eight dollars, somewhere in there. I'm not 100% sure on the price of, of like a 300 yard. Maybe, maybe that's the price of like 150 yards, but 150 mm-hmm. yards is all you need for
0: yeah. one yeah, rod. Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: But, mm-hmm. but like when you're talking like the high end, um, Stuff like you can be looking at like thirty five forty dollars for a hundred and fifty yards or maybe that's three hundred yards too, but what uh, the spool i am f- I might be getting the sizes wrong, but what a good amount of filament could be uh for the same size would mm-hmm. be four times more if you're looking at like a high quality fluorocarbon right yeah so i was mean, that it, it, it can get it can get out of control if, if you <laughs> that don't... no that's it that's perfect that's
0: exactly i mean the reason why i say this perfect is because the 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 reason why i can connect with what you're saying so much is because uh from the snowboarding perspective is there's so much that goes into it like the you can find and this again back to what I was saying at the hundred and fifty dollar range thing is you can find a pair of bindings for $150, but you get what you pay for. Those probably are gonna last you a year. You're you're going to you know end up losing parts off them and then having to replace that and you know whether it be a strap or a back uh doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, the backing um, on it. I can't, the high back, there we go. (laughs) Um, You know, and, and that is the repairs cost you money too. And when you get into snowboarding, then you, you know, you got to start thinking about pants and coat and gloves. And it's just like you're saying with the rods and reels is you, you can put a different kind of line on it makes it more expensive you know you put this reel on that rod and and it's uh, this accessorizing almost even though you need these things to do the hobbies it's so many times I've seen people say like I'm going to get into this because they rented a snowboard one time and they went out and you know they like rode with me they 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 spent the $30 to get on the hill which $30 a day just to get on the hill and ride your snowboard at right, least right you know and and then they're like, yeah I can get into this and then you start going like okay but if you're going to do that you're going to need this and this and you know you're going to need goggles which we don't need half the time here but trust me you want to have them and yeah there's certain days it, it just piles on to top you got to think about it right like mm-hmm. you have to even with fishing polarized lenses like you really that would be oh, something yeah. i would tell sure. somebody right away who get it hey you're going fishing okay one of the things you need to be an angler polarized lenses
1: <laughs> yeah and you can get those for cheap too they don't need to be expensive but the difference yeah because polarized lens, just works <laughs> right the difference in the lenses though is the is just the quality of the lens like you can get those cheap ones. right and if right you're super careful you can get them to last for a while but they scratch way easier than the nice ones yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, uh, and they're not as clear either. Um, when it comes to like they do the job of pol- of being polarized. Polarized just stops the 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 angle of the light, right? The bouncing, the reflecting of the light right. off of the, the water. You can cut back on that with polarized lenses. But the cheap ones will do that. Of course they will. It's sort of like that's just science. But mm-hmm. the quality of the lens to actually see through it. Um, it'll, it'll change your perspective when you go from a cheap one to an expensive one, you can just see the clarity. That's the, you can't really explain it
1: as well as it just happens. When you put yeah, on the new you, lenses, you go like, wow. Yeah. When you see him in person too. And in like, even so I have some Oakley's and the, they're i forget if they're i don't want to say they're called like prism or whatever but they're Mm -hmm. designed to pick up on certain colors to help you see certain colors like the ones that Mm. i have are deep water that are specifically made to help you see into deeper water because the lakes that i fish mainly are deeper clearer waters those are the ones i'm on the most so that's what i get but they have like shallow water ones that help you see in like murkier rivers and stuff too. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. The, it's just stuff like that where like if you really want to hone in on specifics, again, just like everything else, if you want to hone in on specifics, they can help you. But I would say the big mm-hmm. difference, that's where you get into the money is is a hobby When when you want to make a hobby more like competitive. If you want to be competitive mm-hmm. in anything, that's where you start spending the money. With literally mm-hmm. anything, if you think about it, with any higher percent you're at, if you want to be better, more money can help you do that. <laughs> I know it sounds yeah, I, I know no. it crazy, but like it literally, like more quality stuff, it just helps. Yeah, and we already touched on that about
0: how like when you spend more money, you get a better quality product, and it can it it can make you better at what you're doing, but you can't be good at what you're wanting to get good at unless you're practicing and doing it. it it's not like money can buy your way to the top by any right. means that's yeah. that's not what you're trying to apply here
1: nope like just like i said like uh with the baitcaster you may have not ever fished and you want to pick up fishing and you're just like that Daiwa steez is dope. I'm spending $550 on it. <laughs> you go out and you cast not knowing how to do it. You still get a rat's nest just like the cheap one. And then you go, this thing sucks <laughs> shit. And then you stop fishing because you didn't know how to use. one. <laughs> but trust me, that rod or reel is dope. And you right, just right. didn't know how to use it. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh Definitely don't be that guy because everybody's seen them. Uh, They're really bad in the metro area in, well, they were really bad in the metro area with snowboarding where you had these people that did that. They just went out and they bought the best of everything, right? They went into their local shop. They got, or they went into a shop, I should say, probably not a local shop and they got taken advantage of, essentially, in my opinion. And they have the best stuff and the best gear. And you look at that person, and you're just like, they don't even know how to use that thing. Right? Don't do that. That's not. That's that's part of the cost of a hobby is learning the hobby and then getting the good stuff and and find or learning from somebody and getting that middle ground and going to that middle ground right away. But that learning and that research and stuff like that, that's part of the cost of the hobby. I mean, how much time have you spent just researching your hobby or or getting better at it by being out on the boat? Uh, You know, so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and my my favorite saying of all time with fishing is uh, fishing is all about luck. But the more knowledge you have, the luckier you'll be. Mm, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's it's just you got to get educated on how to use your equipment, how to use the rod, the reel, the jigging stuff. Like if you're trying mm-hmm. to learn how to use something, go find some clear water. Toss whatever you're trying to fish in the water and like play with it. Watch how it mm-hmm. moves. Right. That, I mean, you might not know how to work it, but if you watch what it does when you do stuff with your rod, it's a perfect way a lot of the pros have like a, if they have a pool in their backyard, they'll use it. A lot of them have like a big plastic setup where they just literally have water that they can go run the baits in and see how they work and <laughs> stuff and tune them all to, because not all the baits work perfect out of the box. So they'll tune them because wow. you can, you can turn the eyelid a little bit, like some of them are want to uh, pull right or pull left or whatever you can make them. So they run straight every time. And
0: damn
1: yeah so That's
0: crazy,
1: it, yeah, so the pros like will hone in on all that stuff, but that's you know, yeah, just like everything practice makes perfect too mm mm-hmm. there's another saying too that was something about like practice make practice doesn't make perfect, practicing perfection makes perfect <laughs> and that's what the that's what those pros are doing, like they're making everything perfect and then practicing it once they honed it in and tuned it to be perfect and.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. because hobbies okay, the way I look at a hobby is a hobby's supposed to be fun. Like that's why it's a hobby. It's the thing you do when you're not working, right? I mean, right. that's kind of a, a a most basic simple way to break it down. But when when you're passionate like we are obviously about what we're talking about, uh, uh, we're passionate about our hobbies. We we put in time, we put in effort. Um, it's not just throwaway time to us. Uh, we're we're working at at getting better at it. We want to know more. But does that ever cause it to feel like a burden to you?
1: No, because uh, it's fun to me. I like mm-hmm. learning stuff. I like getting better at things. You know. Mm-hmm. If I if I didn't like it. Wouldn't be doing it like if it felt like a burden, <laughs> then I probably would just stop. You know, if yeah, it was something yeah. where I'm just like, Oh, god, I gotta go learn how to use this new jig, then I <laughs> just be like, I hey, have maybe I'm not into fishing anymore.
0: <laughs> like, but it's sure, just, sure,
1: it's like I get excited to see new stuff, and I'm like, Oh, damn, I wonder how that thing works. I can't mm-hmm. wait to go and learn some new trick or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, even, and, uh, there's something wired in me too where it's like there's a competitive nature to me, even if I'm not competing. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, oh here's the here's the new thing. I'm gonna go catch more fish than the next guy. And they're never gonna know. I caught, <laughs> it's just something about like yep. I'm just happy, like I caught seventeen it's like, fish today and I bet he didn't. So that, Yeah, <laughs> it's like
0: racing the ghost on uh, a racing game right where there's just that ghost driver going around that you set that ghost you did that three days ago and then you came back and you still race that ghost it's like your self-competitiveness almost or like you race the ghost because back in the day it would be saved on like the cartridge right and you would go and that person who set the ghost on the first go around that at the video game store when you spend all night going around that track trying to beat that person's ghost. They're never going to go rent it again and know that you were the one who set the new ghost. But right. you still go race that ghost. It's it's the like mental exercise of just
1: setting a goal and going for it. Right. And we should also say that kids, uh, back in the day, you could go to a place... Where they had rentals (laughs) and you could get a video game or a movie and somebody else like especially like an old uh, like Super Nintendo game or something like that where the save files were built in. You could go there, and they would save it, and then you would play the same game that they played because everything's built into that cartridge. Built into the cartridge, Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that was a thing. There were these things called rental stores, and other people had played them before you. <laughs> yeah, and now you can now you can rent like video games from a red box for a little while, but no, like that's going to be completely your own thing
0: it's used but there's no memory on it that's just it's just a read only there's no save back to exactly so and that's what the internet's for but the internet tracks everything so you literally are competing against other people that will see that because they will turn on and see that somebody beat and so yeah this like anonymity of of of, you know racing someone who will never or beating somebody's score that will never see it again That's that's gone now
1: right
0: (laughs) right, anyways yeah we don't want to get off too topic actually i'll go that'll that'll bring me to video games actually because that's something i feel i'm i'm crazy passionate about but i'll be honest sometimes it feels like a burden because if you follow video games at all it can be absolutely a rabbit hole of insanity because of the way that the internet reacts to everything now, <laughs> which is like yeah. instant reaction. They don't ever let like the thing happen. It's just like first thing to come to my mind, quick react. Um, and that has, I wouldn't say it's turned me off to video games because I still play the hell out of video games, but that deep dive um, like passion that we're talking about, where, you don't know, you want to keep learning and getting better at it. I kind of lost that for the games themselves but I still do it about the technology and the like what's actually making the machines run and, and things like that, because technology is still a passion of mine. And that is a very expensive hobby. Uh, there's times when I'm just sitting around and it costs me family time because I see something earlier in the day. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I wanted to read about that new hard drive and stuff like that. And that's the, like, time costs also that right. I'm talking about. Is like, ooh, I actually will let it interrupt my, like, family time because it's right there on my phone now. I just look down and go, oh, sweet.
1: Right. Yep. Totally get it. Like, that's, really, <laughs> that's what it's like for fishing, too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's all these, like, new rigs and stuff coming out all the time too. It's not just you know, it might seem pretty straightforward like, oh, how much different can a jerk bait be? Well, I mean, we don't need to get into it. They definitely have a lot of differences. That's why some of them are worth $20 and the other ones are mm-hmm. worth a lot less. Right? But, um, like there's new types of rigs and stuff where they're just like, oh, this one's the Nico rig or this one's a mm-hmm. tiny child rig, and you're just like, "What is this? I gotta learn about how that? I gotta learn about how this works and stuff, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff." But yeah, just like we were saying before, with the competitive nature, like video games. I love video games too. If you just want to pass some time and play a video game, I mean, it's not like smartphones are cheap, but you already have one, probably. If you don't, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> but good for you. You found it. Even though you don't have a smartphone, you probably have some sort of a computer that I would assume, which is also a way you can play games. But mm-hmm. however you're listening to this podcast, you can probably play games on that. Yep. And it doesn't need to be super nice. Like if you're just looking to pass time, you can play a, a game on your smartphone that is free mm-hmm. that you just download and it doesn't right. need to be great. But if you want to be great at it, it's not like you're gonna whip out your smartphone and some like professional gamer is gonna be talk shit. And you're just gonna be like, bro, what? <laughs> I'll candy crush you, bro. <laughs> I'll candy crush you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Step up, son. You want you want to test my skills? <laughs> but, right. Like it, those guys are talking. I mean, you know better than me. But like, you're the computer. Mm-hmm. The tower itself, just like how I was talking about like the reel itself. The tower right. itself, mm-hmm. thousands of dollars. Yeah. And then you're talking about you gotta get a nice monitor and then you gotta add mm-hmm. a nice keyboard and mm-hmm. if if you're mm-hmm. a computer gamer, you know, if you're talking PC, then you gotta get a nice mouse and
0: mm-hmm. and then you
1: gotta pay for a good internet connection. Good internet and, connection, and, right. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that comes into it if you really wanna if you wanna be competitive. Right. And
0: yeah. And that's those those are the costs of the of the hobby. Right. It's like it it's it's not always the financial cost of the hobby, I guess. It's the like layers to the hobby and balancing those costs. I think that's like the biggest thing that I wanted to sort of like get out there and and talk about on this is like you, you can really, cause even if with, with fishing, right. When you get into it, you can go like, well, I need a truck to pull this boat because this boat weighs that much. And now the vehicle I have is not going to do it. And again, with the gaming thing, you were just, or it's like the same rabbit hole you get down with the professional gaming situation. You were just talking about is it can get crazy out of control. And, and part of the cost of a hobby is, the time that you take to focus on like budgeting in a way, because you have to rein it in. You have to just, you know, like keep uh, a close. It depends on your financial situation. But I mean, you, again, you don't want to just blow it out of proportion and end up with the chrome Lamborghini that sits in the garage when that's not what you actually needed
1: to have fun because a hobby is supposed to be fun right yeah you gotta i mean when it's a hobby start small and if you can go with somebody else that knows how to do it with anything Mm, if mm -hmm. you think if you want to play video games or whatever go to an arcade go to a friend's house and play with. i think those are dead now too there's still some around. Not because but, of know, COVID, but just yeah. because in general, there's still some around, but they're getting less and less. But I know, like, but
0: you're you're not, but you're right. Go talk to somebody who's already doing it. Go to yeah. that person who's already got the mid-level stuff, and right. and watch them and play on their stuff. Yeah, and get get
1: your feet dirty. Yeah, I mean, like if that, you're listening. Get your to feet dirty. Pod, Is that right? I'm, get them wet. <laughs> they're we dirty. Go. Get them dirty wet. Oh, wet and dirty. <laughs> I like oh, it. Real, real filthy, nasty. What are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking of like uh what Redman says at the beginning of that Christina Aguilera song. Oh that, yeah. That, it's the song is called Dirty. dirty. Uh, yeah, and he's just like real nasty. Built. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, that's I what know. I was trying to quote there. I'm just... <laughs> but I forget. I forget that I don't know. I can't remember it's it. Too dirty to clean my act up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh so good. Oh, I just man. stumbled upon some new Method Man stuff uh Damn. the other day. It's like within like three months or something like that. Oh it's it's so sick. Nice. God, what a, he's so
1: dope. Oh I uh, haven't heard any of the new stuff. I listened to when i'm when i'm doing my uh day job i was gonna say nine to five but it's more like seven to seven but <laughs> right right but uh uh i listen to method man on pandora i don't know yeah. if it's giving me any new stuff but it's giving Yeah, me it's not actually his it's know. it's like his
0: song it's he's like the main feature in Uh, This new guy who I I don't know how long this guy's actually rapping. I say new guy, but he's new on my radar.
1: I don't, I can't remember Uh, that
0: dude's name, but the song is Lemon Squeeze. Uh,
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that sounds familiar, but I don't know if I heard that one, but he's all over the place, man, acting and stuff. And oh, I know. He's on The Last OG. You ever watch that? Oh, no. Oh, dude, check it out. I I gotta gotta check that
0: out. Yeah. Tracy Morgan's show with uh, Tiffany Haddish and.
1: And he's on there, and it's a. I like that show. It's a good show. Yeah, I gotta catch that one. Yep. So, oh,
0: anyways, <laughs> let's, let's oh, talk about talking, show. Oh, yeah, oh, go
1: ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I've I was trying to go back to. I was thinking about what we were talking about before. I started saying dirty and feet. What, like <laughs> anybody that's listening to this, like if you live in the Minnesota area, hit me up. I don't care. I'll show you how to fish. Like yeah. you wanna go? You wanna go fishing? Like, you never did it before? Hit me up. We can go. I'll try to meet you someplace. I don't care. I don't have a boat right now, but we can go fish on the bank of the river. I'll show you how to. I'll teach you how to fish. And then you can can see, like, if you like it or not, you know? But start with a a spinning reel or a spin (laughs) caster. Even a spinning reel is, like, Mm -hmm. opening the bale and stuff. It's not hard, but it's not pushing a button like the spin cast is. Where the yeah. spin cast is like the Snoopy pole reel, where you just push that button on the back, and then when we want to cast, you just release it. That's easy, <laughs> but those reels are not very good for doing. They
0: much. just don't hold up that well, I think. No, you, <laughs> and and hey, you, same I, thing for for me on you know hit hit up Real AFTV, reel aftv r e e l a f t v on any of the social medias you want to know about like some game and stuff I, i'm or technology dude i'm totally down for that too just like giving that little bit of feedback of like hey i'm thinking about building a pc i'll be like yeah probably probably just buy a box right now and see if you really actually want to open that thing up and dig in and like for sure man we're 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 community outreach type of folk
1: yeah why not we'll we'll help you out you got fishing questions and you what should I do here? What should I do here? I'll answer the question to my, the best of my abilities. I'm not saying that uh, like I'm a professional, yeah. Or I know everything, but, but I've but been that, doing that... this research for a long time, and I know a decent amount. So,
0: <laughs> right, right. The same uh, with you
1: with the the tech stuff. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, exactly. Again, back to the like the topic of cost of this is not it. Cost doesn't necessarily mean straight cash, homie. Uh, it means uh, like there there's, there's time costs. There's, there's the human cost of, like I said, that sometimes interrupts my family time because I'm so into it that I'll just get distracted and start reading it. And then all of a sudden I'll look up and the, the cost, some of this cost of time and experimenting and stuff like that can be absorbed. Like you said earlier, do it with somebody who is already sort of in it, like find somebody who can kind of guide you uh, to to get going if you're interested in this sort of thing, because that will save you a lot of time cost because they can sort of set you on the right path and then you can pursue it in your own way to make it fun. So it does become your hobby and, you know, not a task or a job almost that, that burden that I talked about earlier.
1: Yeah. Or buy it used. Most, Mm -hmm. most fishermen out there that are selling their stuff, like if it's a decent setup, they don't abuse it. And they're not selling it because it's garbage. They're selling it because they either bought something else or a lot of guys, you know, just like we're talking about with the hobbies, like figure out if you like it first. They'll buy something decent, go fishing for a while, have a kid or whatever. And then they're just like, Mm I just kind of realize I'm not that into it. Mm -hmm. So I'm selling this or whatever. That happens a lot, especially now wait Mm -hmm. until covid clears up (laughs) there are so many people that went and bought outdoor things Mm -hmm. that are going to be selling them in a little while like oh yeah for example i was i bought a small like plastic um used boat and i bought that because i tried to order a new one the day it went on sale and Three months later, they canceled my order because they just couldn't get them in stock. And it, was, and it wasn't
0: simply just a manufacturing like the factory had shut down because of COVID or it yeah. wasn't that it was there was just so much more demand now all of and, a sudden and that it the, just affected the supply.
1: Yeah, and they were getting some in, but like this was from Cabela's and like they were getting some in and then they'd go to a different store than the one I ordered it from. And then they'd be all gone. And they were they they were trying to fulfil orders and they had some sort of a rule that like three months down the road, like they cancel your order if they can't fulfill it or whatever. But it was like mm-hmm. that with kayaks and everything. Like everybody mm-hmm. was buying all the outdoor stuff and all the fishing lures and stuff and I guarantee it. Um give it a little while. If I shouldn't say yep. I guarantee it, when things go back to normal, they should go back to normal, but Eventually, down the road, when things start to get back to normal a little bit more and everything's mm-hmm. opened up to full capacity, these people that are going to be able to go back to doing their everyday thing, like I'm going to go hang out on the bars and whatever, and mm-hmm. they can hang mm-hmm. out with people and crowds and stuff again. Yep. They're not going to do their outdoor stuff, and there's going to be so much stuff on Craigslist. I can't <laughs> wait. I <laughs> can't wait, he says. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so but it's It's true. From. I'm a discount shopper. That's one thing that I do too. Like I mm-hmm. I love fishing and I know the the uh importance of a of a good quality thing, but I do not like paying full price for anything. So I wait for stuff to go on sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that definitely
0: especially again like with the hobby is you don't have to pay full price for stuff. It's it's out there because people are doing this and then just moving on to the next thing, but even though they're moving on to the next thing. It doesn't mean that it's not a good fit for you. Just like you said, like these, I guarantee I'm right on board with you as a lot of those people are that went out. And if you go back to our older, uh, through the archives here, you'll hear, uh, how fishing this year has been higher than ever. And, you know, when we go to a little more detail and yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be something that people are going to dump. They're going to be getting rid of uh, video game sales have gone into an all-time high. Now, most of these games are digital and stuff like that, so you can't do that, but so you can't get those back. But I can tell you right now that there are more switches out in the world like this year than there ever have been, which makes sense. But what I'm trying to say is the The supply chain got... The Nintendo Switch, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, yeah, for video yeah. games, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so they basically sold out again. They had it had been out for two years already, and it had a Nintendo had a perfectly fine, steady trickle of consoles going. They had a balance in the market, and then COVID, and wham, it slammed down,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they disappeared again. And those people who bought those are going to buy physical games. They went to target and they bought it because it was just like, Oh, we're getting locked down for two weeks. We better run to target, get all the groceries and Oh, a switch because we're going to be stuck at home. And yeah, you're going to see that used market get flooded now um, because they are going to start to try to sell that stuff off. And it's just like, it's going to happen all, all over in our two, in those two hobbies. It's just going to happen. That's all there is to it.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's, those are probably the two biggest ones. Like Mm -hmm. I I know some of the, right. And we just so happen to be passionate about them. Like (laughs) those are like
0: the two biggest growth areas. And we just so happen to be passionate about them before all this crap happened. And it's not to That's not to toot our own horns and be like, oh, yeah, well, I was doing that before COVID.
1: Yeah, I was driving a Lincoln before it was cool to drive a Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, with I want to talk budgets here before we get into uh, a two-hour podcast uh, is do, because like you said with the phones and i'll use my example and then you can you know turn into fishing or whatever and i just want people uh listening to to ask themselves this too about their hobby and i'd love to hear some feedback on it is do you do you ever budget for it financially and time-wise you know do you ever think about the fact that well i just bought this phone $500 $500 phone. I'm probably going to need a new one in 2 maybe 3 years. The video game consoles come out every 5 to 7. They're 500 bucks, you know. And that is the financial part of it that, you know, you can think ahead on with technology. There's this sort of like, well, I'm going to do that again in this many years. Let me think about that uh financial cost, but then there there's the In the investigation of it, I guess the, the keep the, what am I trying to say? The re-educating yourself, the always keeping up with everything. There's that part of it that costs you time is, do you ever budget that time off where you're just like, don't bother me. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole.
1: (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. Like with the time, um, depending on what I got going on, but it'll be, it'll be more like budgeting time. Like when I can get out, because I know that when I go fishing, it's going to be a while. So it's like trying to figure out like, okay, what day can I get out and Mm -hmm. trying to plan Mm -hmm. that out with the wife and everything. So yeah, the time definitely, as far as the money goes, nah, I just buy stuff when I need stuff. And if I don't have (laughs) money to buy what I need right away, I just make it work with whatever I have. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that's nice about fishing where like, yeah, the nice new stuff that's coming out might have something a little bit cooler, a little bit newer that'll make it easier, or be able to do something a slightly different that I can't do now. But the old stuff's gonna work just perfect. I have a mm-hmm. a lose reel from the seventies that I can go out and fish and I can catch bass just like with my brand new stuff. I mean, it's not gonna change anything. <laughs> it's just right, right, right. A little bit heavier and. And the gear ratio or whatever, it might not reel quite as good anymore, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still going to be able to catch fish on it. But it could. Not, yeah. Yeah. It's not like the technology. Like, I mean, like the old gaming systems, you can still play the games and you can have fun on it. But, oh, yeah. Like for sure. PC gaming good luck trying to do something on like windows 97 <laughs> like again you got, right you got something that old school like you're not going to be playing anything but the games from back then and i still think like if you try to turn mm-hmm. it on like i don't even it know may what just happens, set
0: itself on fire right. uh, it just might spontaneously combust it could I, happen
1: oh i feel like it just <laughs> <laughs> sound like a car almost like your computer is definitely going to be louder than an electric car 100 <laughs> percent the cars now just like don't make any noise and you turn on your computer it's just gonna be like <laughs> you can't even enjoy the video game you're just like you right it's not worth it <laughs> at all
0: <laughs> who just turned on the bathroom exhaust fan oh that's the computer <laughs>
1: oh oh okay that's my computer what's wrong with it <laughs>
0: nothing nothing that's just what they used to sound like (laughs) oh yeah for sure uh when yeah that's and that's actually something with with technology too that makes it easier is you can just like you can get on that perpetual like phone payment right is you can just say like it's always a third, every two years I can go in and I can get a new phone and it's just always part of my phone bill. So you just like budget for that, like financially. It's one of those things where if you're out there listening and you're thinking about like getting into a, a more financially consuming uh, hobby is do research first because you can end up spending more than you want at the beginning then you thought you were gonna ex- Then you thought you were gonna get into right is like you can, yeah. you can get down these rabbit holes. So do your research ahead of time and kind of plan it out, and use use that for your like financial budget because otherwise you're gonna end up just like either get like I said earlier with the snowboarding stuff where you're gonna get taken advantage of by someone who's just trying to either make commission or is such an avid hobby, uh, such an avid you know person in that they're going to oversell you on what you need. So right. you got to just get in it right away and, again, budget the time to sort of get decent at it before you even
1: go and start spending all that cash. Yeah, I mean, like, go... If you're talking about snowboarding or whatever, go rent one. Don't there you go. go. Yeah, go yeah perfect. Rent one and mm-hmm. also, just like, uh, using a baitcaster for the first time, know that your first snowbar, first time snowboarding, is most likely gonna suck shit. <laughs> you fall a yes. lot. It's it's a lot. Uh-huh. It's a lot to learn the edges and stuff. But, um, <laughs> everybody I've ever known. Like, do you remember your first time snowboarding? Oh, dude, yeah. My ass was wrecked. (laughs) Take that sound bite out. Yeah, my ass was wrecked. I remember the first day, or not the first day, but the day after the first time I went snowboarding, Mm -hmm. how many times I went down. And it wasn't like I wiped out bad. It was just, like, muscles that you don't use before. right? And I've never like went from a on my back to like standing so many times that Mm -hmm. my neck muscles so much that the next (laughs) morning I tried to lift my head off the pillow and I couldn't. I had to roll over and do a push up. Oh man (laughs) I just like I mean I probably if I would have taken some time probably got my head up but like you there never, never has been a strain to lift your head off the pillow in the morning. who? Right, right, right. Never, and that's probably the thing too. Like, I mean, unless you're like a wrestler and you're doing like these exercises to make your neck strong. Yeah. You just who lifts their head off who, around a hundred right. times in a day.
0: <laughs> and you can do it and you can push yourself further too because of the adrenaline that's in your system of like learning a new thing. Um, especially a physical thing like snowboarding and stuff like that. There's there's a big time influence during the activity where adrenaline is fueling a lot of what you're doing and that's how you push your neck to its absolute – like you couldn't push your neck any further to its physical capabilities.
1: (laughs) No, and I think probably (laughs) being out in the cold the whole time probably has something to do with it too
0: yeah for sure
1: everything you don't really feel i mean that's the same with a lot of muscles though i know i've done Mm -hmm. like workouts before where your legs are sore when you're doing Mm -hmm. them but the next day you're like oh my god right my ass (laughs) (laughs) every time you stand up you're just making noises like an old man (laughs) right but yeah but don't don't let that deter you you're you're going to be sore the first time but mm-hmm. after you learn it like it's it's gratifying and it's fun to do it i snowboarded, or yeah snowboarded mm-hmm. i haven't been on for a while but um doesn't mean that you couldn't pick it up again because you could i mean well, I you for know sure could. we could make I'm time not, and we yeah. could get out again for sure i'm not nervous about it i just like with the now i'm more like scared with the mm-hmm. with my profession like I really can't have any injuries.
0: Mm-hmm. I need
1: everything working. I can't right. have You're... an arm go down. I can't have a leg. Nothing. Yeah. Right. Your Your body is your income. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. No. That That makes sense. And that actually is like, that's part of the the um the 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 time cost of this. Like the 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 budget the budgeting of time for for me on part of this is that I stare at a screen all day. For my job. And then I want to go play video games. Right. Which is just another screen. And so <laughs> I actually have to like. I do. I have the time budget in a way. So that way I just don't have. Fucking cross-eyed shaky vision. Come, you know, the 12 hours, 13, 14 hours of awake. <clears throat> where. I've just been staring. At a screen i've just been letting light from a box go into my eyeballs it's like you got to get up you got to look away and that that's time that's that's part of the things you have to think about when you're when you care this much about something and you just want to do it but you have to
1: like be logical about it yeah for sure yeah because like you said just staring at the screen all day can have some adverse effects Mm -hmm. where like mine actually uh my being outside all day has actually helped Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like i can be in the sun all day and it just makes me used to being in the sun i don't have Mm -hmm. to worry about sunscreen nearly as much as i used to (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: that's awesome (laughs) all right man well i mean we've we've been on this for almost two hours let's not get too crazy and and make our audience think that we're going to be able to do this all the time. I mean, we do have this general goal of keeping it at an hour, but uh, hey, whatever. We like to talk. I hope everybody can hang in there (laughs) with us and actually make it through because I want to hear other hobbies. We were very much, we obviously can only talk about what we know. I want to know of other expensive hobbies. Obviously travel, people used to travel travel, that was a thing you'd get in a tin can, and you'd go somewhere else in the world. Um, that was a thing. This is 2020. We don't do that anymore. Um, but you know, like that's an expensive one. I know that we we didn't touch on at all. Uh, there there's more stuff out there for sure that we're we're not touching on. Like painting has to be expensive. And if you guys got them, hit us up. R e e l a f. Real AF TV. Just look us up on. What do we got? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yep, and the good old fashioned YouTube. internet. We're on them YouTubes. Right? Oh yeah, you comment comment on it in the YouTubes, dude. We'll we'll yeah. definitely
1: get back on that. We'll see it. Gives us alerts. Hey, somebody says something. Hey, all hey. right, engage them. I, and also, <laughs> uh, if you stuck around this long. And you've been listening to some of the other podcasts. um this is still a learning curve. We're still trying to get better. I just upgraded sure. a mic uh and tonight, I just figured out how to make the internet better. so this is like the where me and Josh are actually having a conversation instead of the pauses between some of the stuff. so because we're not in the same room, it makes it a little bit harder so mm-hmm. um yeah, thanks for yeah we hanging with us and, and being patient and stuff. And maybe we should preface this at the beginning of one of the episodes in the future, but um, we're, we're but I, definitely, we're trying to get better with every one of these. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I like putting it at the end here. So whoever, whoever hangs in this lung, you know, it's kind of our, it's kind of our thing, you know, you're, you're hanging in there. We appreciate that. And I'm glad that you, you said that Tim, because, we, we very much are learning this still. And, you know, as we're getting better, I hope that makes it so you would share this with your friends more. So uh, more likely that you'd share it with your friends because it's getting, it's getting better. It's sounding better. Um, and I hope that's kind of what this, you know, improvement, these improvements do is I, I like that you're here with us now. Um, but growing this is definitely something we want to do, and we're going to keep getting better. Again, this is its just the, exactly what we were just talking about is hobbies. This is a passionate hobby thing for us right now. We're trying oh, yeah. to get better so that we can actually make it a profession for ourselves. And and that is, again, the, the, the cost of a hobby is just doing it in the first place. It, it cost has this negative and only financial connotation to it, I think. And that's what I was trying to shatter here with the the cost of a hobby is there's time, there's money, there's other investments that aren't just money numbers. You know, it's right. kind of a collaboration yep. of everything. And that's, uh, that's kind of what we're doing with this podcast is trying to collab
1: all of that yeah, hobby for sure. love into one spot. Right. And it comes, like you said, with the time, too. I mean, what we both worked full days and full then we days. Spent some family time, make some supper, eat some food. I mm-hmm. put my son to bed, and then once I put my son to bed, we record the podcast. And as soon as we're done with yep. this, I'm going to bed so I can start it all over again. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. How <laughs> uh, gonna... about if you stick along, around long enough at the end, then we tell you the secrets, make you feel like. Family, so go ahead and get a pen and paper, cause here comes my social security number. It's four <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> You stick around this long, things get real weird. I've been up too late. <laughs> That's
0: how we do it. This is the Real AF TV podcast, the show about fishing and random takes from the land of ten thousand lakes. Put a pin in it. Boop. Time to go to sleep. Is that a pin noise? I no, here. <laughs> this, this is the pin noise.
1: Yeah, see? You drop a pin in a room. That's the noise it makes. Exactly. I don't know if you actually made a noise. I didn't hear shit. No, I didn't do shit. I, I, I did it. It was... <laughs> that was the point.
0: <laughs> it was a bad joke.